Hey everybody, it's Daniel Smiley, and thank you for joining uh, this podcast today, The Super Recruiter Show. This show is being brought to you by In Focus Staffing online at InFocusStaffing.net. So if you are either looking for a job anywhere in the continental United States, or you are an employer and you need employees, you can go online and send us a message at InFocusStaffing.net. In focusstaffing.net. Today we are going to be talking about why job boards do not work the way they used to. Now, to give everybody a little bit of context, I want to talk to you a little bit about my background. I'll just take five seconds, ten seconds to talk about this. I have been a recruiter, even though I've served at many different levels in many different companies, all the way from a recruiter to a C-level executive. I have been a recruiter since the early 90s. Now, what do I mean? I have been hiring people for other companies or for my own company since the early 90s. So finding people, how, how you find those individuals, how you get people to respond with a resume or email you or call you, I have been doing that for a long time. And I was around when the way candidates look for jobs was through newspaper ads. That's where I cut my teeth. Teeth. And here's the thing. Back then, if you were not good at writing ads in the classified section of a local newspaper, by the way, which the most popular days to write those ads were Sunday and Wednesday. If you were not good at writing an ad and having that ad placed amongst thousands of other ads and then having someone leave their home, go to the corner store, pick up that Sunday newspaper, look through the classified ads and find your information and call you the very next day. If you weren't good at that, you will not win in the hiring game. So fortunately, I was pretty good at it. Now, the reason why I was good at it is because I reverse engineered what candidates were actually looking for when we were writing newspaper ads. And I have news for everybody who's listening now. The same thing is happening today. The only difference is it has gone from newspaper ads to job boards now to social media platforms. So it's not that job boards don't work. They do. They don't work like they used to because the attention is somewhere else. It's that people who were not writing good ads in the early 90s all the way through 2000, they're not writing good ads now, so they're not attracting people. And the job boards that ask employers like our company to put ads on those job boards never took into consideration the creative. They never took into consideration that the people, the companies that they were asking to, you know, pay for their platform, pay pay to have ads on their platform, they were not good at writing ads. And so many companies that I work with, and we worked with some of the biggest companies nationwide in the United States, have a humongous problem. Some of them have very large recruiting departments and they still can't get enough candidates in the door and they don't understand why. When I go to them and I'm asking them what they're doing, I can immediately tell that man, even though they're pouring money into job boards and many other things to advertise on, either their ads are not good or they're not doing taking the extra step, if you will, to find candidates who are looking for jobs. So when I say job boards don't work like they used to, they, they don't, 
not because job boards are not a good place to maybe post an ad. It's because the candidates who used to go to their corner store and pick up a Sunday paper are no longer looking at job boards as much as they used to in order to find jobs. Here's why. Candidates have become disheartened because they are putting their resume profile on these job boards, but nobody's contacting them. They're applying personally to 10, 20, 100 or more jobs and nobody's responding to them. They are contacting the companies from these jobs and nobody's calling them back. So the very thing that caused job boards to become popular, right, the candidate that drove the companies to pay to have their ads on that platform, the very thing that caused job boards to become popular have become disheartening, and that is candidates. They are no longer, they no longer candidates, no longer have confidence that job boards is the best way to find a job. And that's a problem because those candidates who have been using these popular platforms in the early 90s newspapers and up to now job boards, if they're not actively engaging on those job boards, those job boards are going to go away. So we see that there used to be a monster.com. Monster.com was uh, overtaken by another uh, platform, CareerBuilder. CareerBuilder was overtaken by another platform, Indeed.com. Indeed.com is now has now a now has a very very strong competitor called ZipRecruiter. Again, all all of these are great companies, but there is you know something that's not being taken into consideration, and that is that candidates who are using these platforms, they're just not getting the results that they want. And candidates, many of them, many of them, no matter how much you make, because most people are living at the very top of their earning potential, um, they can't wait around for 30 days or 60 days until the right job comes along. So if they're using these job platforms and let's say they don't get the job they want, they end up, find, end up having to go get a job because they have to take care of themselves and their family. So instead of becoming unemployed, they move into the category of underemployed, okay? And then they get stuck in that cycle, still trying to use the job boards and can't get out because it's not working anymore. So what's going on today that will cause companies to do better and for candidates to get the job that they want? Well. You cannot tell a person what you want if you cannot get their attention, visually or audibly. If you can't get people to see what you're doing or hear what you're doing, you cannot get, if you can't get their attention, you can't tell them what you want. And that's the problem. So in order for candidates to win in the job finding market today and for companies to win in the candidate finding market today, you have to know where the attention is and that's where you need to be playing. And right now, the attention is on many different social media platforms like Facebook, like LinkedIn, like Snapchat, like Instagram. That's where a lot of the candidates at all levels, doesn't matter whether they're an executive or an entry level person or a new college grad, 
That's where the attention is. So if that's where the attention is, then that's where you need to be posting your ads. Like in the early 90s, people knew in order to find a job, there were a couple of places that you can go. You can look at TV commercials, which were very, very expensive because distribution was controlled by television advertisement companies and television companies. Um, or you can go to that local newspaper. So if you didn't have a lot of money, but you didn't know how to write an ad, you were, you were kind of in trouble. If you did have enough money to put a TV commercial out where people were watching TV, then there was an opportunity for you to potentially get a job that way as well. And then the other way, obviously, is word of mouth. But if your friend or your cousin or your buddy does not have a job, then they can't give you the, the word of mouth traction that you're looking for. So a lot of the attention nowadays is in these social media platforms. So what, we, what you need to do if you are an employer is you need to shift your strategy from just being on job boards to now putting advertisements out via boosted posts on places like Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and LinkedIn. That's where you need to be. If you're not doing that, you're, you're, in, you're in big trouble because I'm going to tell you and I'm going to, I believe that in over the coming years, a lot of what we know as traditional job board sources, they're going to go away. In fact, I was talking to, I have an account with uh, one of the major job boards and I was talking to my account manager and I said to him, listen, you guys, you guys are not going to be around a few years from now. And he argued with me about the fact that they were going to be. And I said, well, if you guys don't shift your strategy, if you don't change your strategy, because it's not working for a lot of employers, you're going to be out of a job. Now, I wasn't trying to scare him or anything, but I was trying to let him know I have seen. And by the way, I was writing ads before this account rep was even born. I have seen it go from newspaper ads, which the distribution was controlled by the newspaper companies. I've seen it go from that to several different job boards, right? Monster.com was, was the biggest in the game. They didn't think that Career Builder was going to be able to overtake them and so on and so forth. Big companies get comfortable with what they're doing. And then what ends up happening is they lose in the end because they don't keep up with the trends. The strength of these job boards was we're going to attract millions of candidates to put their profile onto our platform and then we're going to let employers know that this is where the candidates are. This is where the attention is. Well, now that has changed. Everybody, most people who we are looking for or who, who employers are looking for who are skilled individuals are spending a ton of their time on platforms like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Indeed. And by the way, LinkedIn, I believe at this time, is a very underutilized platform for professionals because people are trying to figure out, is it Facebook? Is it a Facebook? Is it a kind of Facebook? I mean, what really is it, right? And I believe they're starting to, to get their sea legs underneath them and things are really, really starting to come around with LinkedIn. So if you don't have your information, your digital resume, in air quotes, if you don't have your digital resume on LinkedIn, then it's going to be hard for you to connect with the companies that you want. So I'm going to give you, if you're a candidate, I'm going to give you a little bit of a strategy because I'm going to be doing a talk in a week um, to a group of, uh, you know, em employees, I'm, I'm sorry, job hunters, job seekers at a job fair. I am going to be 
And by the way, one of these podcasts, I'm going to talk about how much of a waste of time and money job fairs are the traditional way that we do job fairs. If, if, if I'm going to talk to you about a strategy you can begin to use right now to actually begin to get more, more attention to you as a potential candidate. It doesn't matter whether you are just graduating from college and that will be, I think it will be very, very useful for you guys. Or if you have, let's say, um, you know, been in, been in the workplace and you have one to five years experience, even if you have five or more years experience or you at the top of your game, you're over 40, you're over 50 years old and you think that your career is over, your experience is valuable to many, many different companies. You just got to understand which companies could use your experience the most, right? One podcast I'm going to be talking about how if you're over 50, the kinds of jobs that you need to be looking for, the kinds of companies you need to be looking to go to work for, right? I'm going to talk about that, why, why that's important, okay? But if you are a new college grad, let's say you're a brand new college grad and you have no idea about how to find a job in your field, you want to be a marketing person or you want to be in human resources or you want, whatever, how are you going to get someone to hire you? Well, here's the deal. If you cannot get the attention of a hiring manager, Mr. or Ms. Candidate, if you cannot get their attention, then you cannot get an interview. If you can't get an interview, then you cannot get a job. Okay, so you have to learn how to get their attention. They are trying to find you. And I'll be honest with you and tell you that in, in my experience, many of those employers don't know how to find you. But if you can't get their attention, you are, you, you are stuck in the mud. You are playing a losing game. You're, you are not going to win at all. So here's a simp- something simple that you can do. If you're in a city, no matter what, Chicago, Illinois, let's just use that as an example. And you want to work for a company in Chicago, Illinois. Right now, most of the people for the company that you're interested in working for, they are on LinkedIn. And you could literally do a search for employees of that particular company on LinkedIn. And all you have to do is send them a simple connection request with a, a, um, uh, just a, a, a note that says, Hey, I'm interested. I am a new grad from this particular college and I am looking for this kind of job. And I would love to come to work for, for your company would like the opportunity to speak with you for just a moment about that, right? Now, if you do that one or two times, you you may or may not get a response, right? But if you do that 100, 200, 300, or 500 times a day, there's two things that's happening. Number one, you're drawing attention to yourself as a candidate, especially if you're a new grad. Number two, you're building your professional network because so you never know what's going to happen down the line, whether that company may come back to you down the line once you have three, four or five years experience in that particular field. So not only are you drawing attention to yourself, one, number two, you are building your professional network that could be, you could benefit from now or in the future. Okay. That's what you need to be thinking about. Now, the only way this works is you have to connect with people in volume. And it's simple. You do a search in your city. 
for a particular company or companies you want to work for and you send a message to everybody, a, a connection request and simple message. Nothing. Don't don't make it long, long and drawn out. Two or three sentences saying, hey, I'm interested in working for your company. Would like to have an opportunity to interview. I wanted to see if I could send you my resume and, and we can have a quick conversation by phone next week. Something like that. If you do that enough times, right, you're going to get somebody who responds to you and then that's going to give you the opportunity to talk to them about your unique skill or ability uh, to, to help them solve whatever problem within their company that they're looking for. Because that's really what a job is. It's a problem solving position. So I'm encouraging you to use that strategy. Go over to. So if you don't have a LinkedIn profile right now. Go over to LinkedIn, create a profile. Doesn't have to be extensive. Make sure that you have a resume, digital resume, you create a profile with your job experience. And if you even if you don't have job experience, but you're a new grad, you know, put in there that you're a new grad with this particular degree and begin to email, connect with, send a connection request and add a simple note that says, I am interested in working for your company or at least talking to you about working for your company. We'd love to send you an email, number one. And number two, I would love to speak with you briefly by phone about the positions that you have and how I can help. If you do that right now and you are consistent with it, you are going to get results. Because that's one where a lot of the hiring managers are they're on that platform. And in my experience working with some of the biggest companies in America, many of these hiring managers are good in their field, but they have no idea about how to recruit or hire candidates like you. Now, this works for all kinds of people. Okay. Again, I, as I said before, I'm going to be talking about in future podcasts. If you're over 40, if you're 45, if you're 50 years old, I'm going to be talking to you about what types of companies you need to be pursuing so that your skill and the evaluation of your skill can be correct. I, I get people who are over 40, 45, 50 all the time coming to me and saying, well, people don't want to hire me because I'm too old. Experience, experience is valuable. And there are certain types of companies that need your experience. You as a candidate, you just don't know how to find those companies and those companies have no idea about how to find you. I really appreciate you guys taking the moment to listen to this podcast, share this with your friends, send me an email, leave me a comment. My email is dsmiley at infocusstaffing.net, dsmiley at infocusstaffing.net. You can check us out online, www.infocusstaffing.net. We're going to be doing these podcasts each week, I I'm, can't make any promises about how many we're going to be doing, but I want to connect with you guys. I want to connect with you guys. I want to help you to either find the candidates that you're looking for or find the job that you're looking for. And I promise you, if you will follow the simple strategies that I just spoke about, then you're going to get the job that you want. Hey, it's Daniel Smiley, the Super Recruiter Show, and I'll talk to you guys soon. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Super Recruiter Show. I am your host, 
Daniel Smiley, and this podcast is being brought to you by InFocus Staffing, online at InFocusStaffing.net. So if you're looking to hire people or if you're looking for a job anywhere in the continental United States, go online and send us a message and we'll do what we can to help you out. Today is going to be a very interesting program We have a question from Darius, and I get this question all the time from tons of people who come into our offices. Daniel, I am over 50 and have just been laid off and can't find a job. Can you help? This is a very interesting question, and a lot of people, whether you're laid off, if you're over 40, if you're over 50, even over 60 years old, this could seem like it's a humongous challenge. You've been working for a company, I don't know, 10, 15 years, sometimes 20 years, and you find yourself back in the job market. What do you do? A lot of things have changed over the course of the last 20 years. I mean, we've gone from finding jobs in newspaper ads to uh, jobs being posted on job boards to now jobs being part of your timeline uh, on some sort of social media platform. So if you're over 40 or 50 years old, You're not necessarily playing on those social media platforms like some of the young bucks are, if you will. Right. So how do you find a job? Where do you start? What do you do? And if you're over 50 and you you have tons and tons, maybe a house payment, a car payment, you have a family that you're trying to take care of. I mean, you can't go from that 70, 80, 90, $100,000 a year job to a 10, 12 or $13 an hour job to to try to take care of your family is just not going to happen. So how do you do that? This is a very, very interesting question. And I'm going to give you a couple of suggestions that I would actually um, give to anybody who comes into our office. We may be able to help them. We may not be able to help them. But the truth is, if you have simple, straightforward strategies, you can help yourself. You don't need a company like ours or a consultant or anything like that to help you out. You can help yourself if you understand the value of your experience. If you understand the value that you bring to the table, your ability to solve problems, your experience is worth something. Okay. And so I'm going to talk to you about that today. So what do you do if you find yourself in the situation where, you know what? I, man, I, I, I'm, I'm 50 years old. What do I do? Well, everybody knows Kentucky Fried Chicken. So let me just kind of give you a little bit of inspiration. Everybody knows who Kentucky Fried Chicken is. It is a global company. It's in many different countries throughout the throughout the world. Well, that company was started by a guy who was over 50 years old. And I could name probably 10 or 15 other companies that were started by people who were over 50. Okay, so... The first thing that you you need to understand is your experience is valuable to someone. And if you can connect that experience with someone who needs it, well, then that solves your problem. I was looking at a a story the other day about Facebook. And obviously that platform has grown tremendously over the past several years. But when Mark Zuckerberg was trying to grow and expand his company, He was obviously a young buck. And when he wanted to grow his company a lot bigger, he hired in someone who had proven experience 
in the business world to become his COO. Right. So why? Because there are some things that he was going to have to navigate as a a, a new business that he had never experienced before. So he hired someone who had experience who can help him to navigate those things that he did not have experience navigating. If you're over 50 years old, I mean, you have 10, 20, 30, 40 years of experience in a particular area. That makes you an expert. And you need to understand that your expertise is still useful. You may need to adapt it in some way, shape, form, or fashion to the marketplace today, but your expertise, that experience is worth a lot to somebody. So find yourself a Mark Zuckerberg or somebody who has a startup, or let's say they have a medium-sized company that is looking to go to the next level. Offer that expertise to them so that they might be able to use it to grow their company. And, and you know, one of the things that 50-year-olds can do is the same thing that, let's say, I, I, I say new college grads can do. And that's you go onto LinkedIn and you start instant messaging or DMing as many people as you can for the types of companies that you want to work for in volume. If you reach out to 200, 300 people a day and send them a quick message that lets them know what your expertise is and how you can help them with your expertise, somebody's going to respond to you and it's going to give you the opportunity to, uh, to interview with them and then get yourself another job. And this might be the, the, the second half of your career. You might find yourself with this new company for another 10, 15, 20 years and you may be able to make twice as much money as you made before because not only are you earning a salary, but you might have, let's say, an, an equity stake in that particular particular company. You might be earning a part of the profits of that company and you're, you're exchanging your expertise for a part of the profits of that company. So you might be able to make a lot more money in the short term because of your expertise. So all of that learning, that 10, 15 years of learning in the beginning stages of your career can now be used and you can capitalize that on that in the second part of your life where you are offering that expertise to someone else. Here's another thing that you can do. You are an expert, right? You've been doing a particular job, a particular thing for 10, 15, 20 years. You have a proven track record of success. You have also made like a bazillion mistakes. So if you've gone down a road that is familiar, that led to nowhere, you're not going to go down that road again. So you are familiar with that. So what I often tell 50 plus year old people who find themselves back in the job finding space, have you thought about starting your own business. Maybe it's a consulting service. Maybe it's a product that you have to offer. Maybe it's selling something that you're good at. Maybe it's time for you to take that that hobby that you've been, uh, you know, messing with over the course of the past several years and turn that into a business. And you can use the experience that you have that you've generated over the course of the, you know, past 15, 20 years use that to start a business 
So you can start making money or profits a lot faster because you're not going to have to make the same mistakes that someone who has far less experience than you, they would normally have to make. The road to the top of a mountain is the same pretty much for everybody. But how we navigate that is going to be based on our experience. A a few other things too, obviously, our work ethic, our willingness, our desire, our drive, our whatever, stamina, whatever we have. Uh, that, 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 that we can benefit from. But the bottom line is getting to the top of that mountain is the same for everybody. And if you have more experience climbing that mountain than somebody else, it's probably go- you're probably going to find an easier path to the top of it. So the two things that I, I have to suggest is either one, look for small or medium sized companies who need someone who is an expert like you to get them over the hump or to the next level. Offer your experience or expertise in exchange for a salary and even a stake in the company where you're earning a part of the profits from the company or start your own business. And it doesn't cost a lot of money to start your own business. I mean, you can get started for little or nothing to be completely honest with you. And that's that's what I suggest to everyone. Your career is not over. It will only be over if you think it is. If you think that you have nothing to offer and you're just going to lay down and give up. But I'm telling you that your career is not over. If you have a question that you would like for me to answer, like the one I just answered for Darius, feel free to send me an email, dsmiley at infocusstaffing.net or You can send me a DM or leave a comment on any of the social media platforms where you see this podcast being advertised. Just leave me a message. I'll be happy to do what I can to make sure I answer that question for you and give you advice that I believe will help you to succeed both in your life and in your career. Make it a great day.